Did you see the picture of me trying to demo the bathroom? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Looks very dangerous. How did that go? Well, let me tell you how that came about. Uh-huh. Um, because all oh. good things start at 7 o'clock at night. Oh, boy. We were watching TV. And there was an episode of Fixer Up yep. on. Demo day. Demo day. And I said, oh, I was thinking about Chip Gaines yesterday. And Kevin was like, it's an interesting thing for you to be thinking about. And I said, no, no. You know how, like... When you're trying to fall asleep and it's like the rabbit trail of thought. And I said, I was thinking about the bathroom, the master bathroom. And then I was wondering if I was strong enough to hold a sledgehammer. And then how much damage would I do with the sledgehammer? And then should I be wearing my demo day shirt while I was doing that? And then I thought about how Chip Gaines likes demo day. And Kevin's looking at me and he's just like, do you want to see? And I'm like, yeah, get a sledgehammer, because I thought he was kidding. And, and then, he comes in well, with this sledgehammer. He made me go change clothes, because he was like, I thought I was going to just, like, do it one time. And he was like, no, go change clothes, because, like, it's it's going to be really dirty. Like, put on your oldest jeans and, like, shoes you don't mind, because, of course. And I'm like, Kevin, I don't own any old shoes. <laughs> Can I have a pair of your shoes? Right. Clown shoes. <laughs> so then I go in there, and I'm like, you know, for me, it's, like, all about the outfit. So it's like, mm, does this shirt look okay? And he's like, oh, my God come on. So we go in there and he gives it to me and he's like, right, carry on. And so like, I did it a couple of times. Then I'm like, okay, I'm done. And he was like, no, like, <laughs> like we have to demo, we have to demo the bathroom. Well, we didn't finish it. And then yesterday he called me from work and he's like, how'd you get on with the bathroom today? Did you get the tile up off the floor? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't bought no, things I... for the dog. <laughs> I didn't even go in the bathroom today. Okay, what are we talking oh, about today? Picture you drew. Yes, um, oh. it took me three weeks, and it doesn't look like what I want it to look like. So, um, of the three of us, I do pictures. not create the pretty bullet journal pages. Oh my God, three weeks. Three well, weeks. You see my notes. I actually, so. one day at work, oh, look, Fiona drew us some pictures too. Oh, good. Thanks, Fifi. Wait a minute. Hold on. I like the little green turtle looking thing. Yeah, they're all people. Is that people. a turtle? No, they're all people. Okay, yeah, it's a turtle. This was actually... <laughs> it is a turtle. It's a very special turtle. I think it's an alien. She actually drew these, like, well over a year ago because we were, I took her to church, like, once. Um, oh, because it's in the back page. Yeah, it's, it was the back page, and she wouldn't be quiet, so I was like, okay, you can have one page. So this she drew on this, and it's just taken me that long to get the far, nice. that far through the notebook. <laughs> Okay, so um, when I started thinking, when I started thinking about what episode I wanted to do, I was kind of like looking at the ones that were assigned to me, and I didn't really feel that motivated. But I um, recently, on the suggestion of both my best friend and my mother, fell in love with the show Outlander and binged like all four seasons in about three weeks. It was a little excessive. Now this is the one on HBO. No, it's Stars. Stars. That's right. Yeah, it's so so good. Um, but, like, I needed to hurry up and binge it because I needed to be able to return to my real life because it was occupying every waking moment. Right. Game of Thrones. It's like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like, obsessive like that. Um, in fact, like, I, I don't know if I spoke to my husband for three weeks because just every chance I could. It's also probably why I was going to the gym so much because I could get an episode in on the treadmill yes. and no one would bother me. Yes. Anyway, in the third season, the two main characters take a, um, a journey on a ship, like, halfway through the third season. And they're surprisingly were all these superstitions and they like wrote them into the show and so I was watching it yeah I'm like watching on my iPad and as I'm watching it I'm kind of thinking oh that's that's like right up my alley it's right up our alley so I started just like making notes on my phone of the different ones and then I went back to check to make sure that like 
water and ship related superstitions weren't assigned to anybody and when they weren't I just went rogue yet again and decided to do this one like it and so I wrote those down and they did like all of them show up pretty regularly so it was just cool that they Mm -hmm. because there were like four that they worked into this episode yeah Yeah, I've heard that superstition is pretty prominent at sea very very prominent at sea so that is what we're going to do we're going to talk about superstitions about ships sailing and water travel Okay. Let's go. I said before the inspiration was from Outlander, and it was season three. It was episode nine of Voyager, and the main characters' names are Jamie and Claire, because you'll hear me mention that a couple of times. Um, and so they're they're going on a journey on a ship. Spoiler alert, if anyone here for some reason has not seen Outlander, they're on their way to Jamaica because their nephew has been kidnapped, and so they're, like, so chasing after you. this pirate vessel. Spoiler. Yeah. Well, it is a spoiler, but it's also, like, not maybe, like, the main point of the whole show, so... You'll be okay. Now I know that too. God. Okay, so. <laughs> just ignoring you. Okay, so when they get on, this is set in the 1700s. Okay. Um, and so it's like she's an English woman and he's a Scottish man. And they're getting on board this ship in Scotland headed towards Jamaica. That's like what's going on in the story. So they get on and um, they're like passengers on this ship that's run by this other crew. And all of the men come up and they go out of their way to speak to Jamie before he can even say like, hello, good morning, anything to you or to him. I mean, they speak to him before he can speak to them. I don't know why that was so hard. And they won't speak to Claire at all. Like, like don't even acknowledge that Claire's there. And she's like, what is happening? And he tells her, he says, it's bad luck to have a woman on board. So they just pretend that she's not there. And it's also bad luck to have a redhead on board. And Jamie's got like flaming ginger hair. So the way that you circumvent the redhead bad luck is you speak to the redhead before the redhead can speak to you. Oh. So it was just funny to like actually see see this play out because he's, they're just standing there talking and these, these men are walking and they're. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. No acknowledgement of Claire whatsoever. And then they all touch. There's a horseshoe um, mounted, like an iron horseshoe mounted, and they all touch it. And, like, that shows up later. That one actually didn't show up in my research, but in the show, they um, they said that, like, every man, woman, every person on board had to touch the horseshoe. And they, they took that superstition so seriously that when they had bad luck at sea, like, they ran out of wind... Um, and they were stationed, like, just stationary for weeks at a time. They assumed someone had not touched the horseshoe, and they took it so seriously that they were trying to investigate who it was, and they were going to throw him overboard because they mm. thought that was the only way to circumvent the bad luck. So it's like they took it pretty seriously. So that is how we got started. And so since it was woven in so well to that the storyline of Outlander, it kind of got me thinking, like, what are other common mm-hmm. maritime superstitions? So, the origin of many sailor superstitions are routed in the inherent risks of sailing, because it was very dangerous back in the day, and they typically fall into the categories of either good luck or bad luck, and there's a lot more bad luck than good luck. So, we're going to start with the bad luck. There always. There's always a lot more bad luck than good luck. Okay, so you've probably heard this before, the red sunrise. I haven't. I haven't heard that. Okay, let's see. Red in the morning, sailors take warning. Red at night, sailors delight. You've never heard that? I have never heard that. I've also heard it in regards to shepherds, um, but the idea mm-hmm. is that if a sunrise is red, that it is a warning because it's going to be a dangerous day, so when, mm-hmm. you, when the sun rises and it's red. Um, however, a red sunset indicates that the next day will be a beautiful day, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like the sailors look mm-hmm. to the sky for guidance. Is this Morning a good day for night. us to sail? Is this a bad day for us to sail? What happens if you're already sailing in the middle of the ocean and suddenly there's a red sunrise? Not much you can do about it. No, there's nothing that you can do about that. I don't think you go back and start all over again. <laughs> Find the nearest land. Right, exactly. On that, um, there were days that were unlucky to set sail. So it's unlucky to begin a voyage or to set sail on a Friday. 
And the reason for this is because Jesus Christ was crucified on a Friday. So generally, it is considered an unlucky day. Which that episode? That came up. Yeah. yeah, it was in Friday the 13th. Yes. That's right. Yes, ma'am. That's right. Um, Thursdays are also bad sailing days because Thursdays are Thor's day, and he is the god of thunder and storms. So not on a Thursday and not on a Friday. Okay. The first Monday in April is bad luck. I've heard Thursday before. I haven't. Not in relation to this. But Do you I've think that's that. why it's called Thursday, Thor's Day? Do you think that's possible? I've, I've heard it like explained that way. I don't know if it's actually true, but I've heard it. I just heard you say that and it made sense. Yeah. I'm more of a Loki fan myself, but you know, it's fine. We're just Tom Hiddleston. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. And we're moving on. <laughs> uh, the first Monday in April is bad luck because that is the day that Cain slew Abel. Oh. How do you think they know that? Did they keep good track That's, of calendars? Yes. Though? Yeah, I know. Because I, when we were doing the Friday the 13th, doing that research, it was really hard for me to find, like, how do they like, know how do they know? Yeah, exactly. But it shows up here, so clearly that's yeah. understood. Okay, so that's the first Monday in April. Now, the second Monday in August is also bad because that is the day that the kingdoms of Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. So not the first Monday in April, not the second Monday in August, no Thursdays and no Fridays. But what do either of those events have to do with sailing? Is there a relationship to sailing? I think they're just evil days. Sailors are just very superstitious. So it is universally accepted that the best and safest day to set sail or to begin a voyage is on a Sunday. Sunday. Which okay. makes no sense to me, because isn't that supposed to be, like, the Lord's Day rest? It's supposed to. Nobody asked me. I thought that was Saturday. What? <laughs> For some people, it is Saturday. Okay. <laughs> For some people, it is Sunday. Yes. I think that might be in the Jewish religion, Saturday, yeah. so the Maybe. day of rest. Yeah. No, not the Jewish religion. Seventh-day Adventists. Oh, Saturday is right. the holy day. So that's it for days. Um, do you guys know what an albatross is? Albatross, those bird. clumsy bird. birds. I don't know if they're clumsy or not. Yeah, they always fall when they land. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think know they're that. so funny. So From movies or... Uh, what was... <laughs> that's the kind of bird that's in the rescuers down under. Isn't that what that big bird is? I don't know. Are you thinking of a pelican? The big No. Mouth? No, not You're a pelican. Th- I think this one. No, I know albatross. It's the clumsy ones that fall when they land. Maybe Life of Pi, maybe? Oh. No. You know what? Um, broken. Unbroken. Okay. They talk about... Albatross. Anyways, sorry. It's a great book. I only knew that it was a bird. I didn't really know anything about it. Um, But seabirds, particularly an albatross, they are considered good fortune. Sailors believe that the albatross carried the souls of dead crewmen and that the appearance of one meant that their spirits were protecting them. Oh, I feel like I've heard that before. Maybe I saw it when I was doing the crow research. Like it just that would make sense. Tied in with birds. Maybe yeah. Uh, to harm or to kill an albatross was to bring doom to a ship. And there's a famous maritime poem by an author named Samuel Taylor Coleridge. It's called "The Rime of the Ancient Mariner." In the poem, the narrator kills an albatross that had led his ship out of an ice floe. So his fellow sailors hang the albatross around his neck and tie him to the mast as an act of penance. <laughs> but it was too late. The whole crew dies and the ship sinks. Well, what was rude of him to kill him? I know. Why would why would he do that? Out of an ice storm. I know it feels a little aggressive, doesn't it? It Does bananas? (laughs) That's what this next this next section is called bananas. And you can see that I tried to write it in yellow and then couldn't read it. I had to go back over it in black. What does that say? Okay, so this one is mentioned in passing on Outlander too, although it gets almost no attention because when they're talking about superstition, Jamie says to Clary, he's kind of explaining the different superstitions, and he said, and don't even think about bringing a banana on board. But then they don't (laughs) they don't really talk about it again. So I was. reading this there was more about bananas than like anything else really yeah weird right so odd i try really hard not to think about bananas ever because i think they're gross it's the texture i know i know okay so a common superstition is that it is fatally bad luck to bring bananas on board a ship and not just because the peels are slippery (laughs) 
which immediately like made me think about Mario, Mario Kart. Kart. Yep. <laughs> so fun. You don't want the albatross to slip on it. No, you do not. So this superstition goes all the way back to the height of the trading empire between Spain and the Caribbean in the 1700s. During that time, most cases of disappearing ships happened to be carrying large cargoes of bananas. Mm. And then another less dire theory is that because bananas spoil so quickly... The transporters had to get to their destination much quicker, and therefore the fishermen would never be able to catch anything because they can't take their time as they're going, or the cargo would spoil. And there's a final theory, which is that um, there's a species of deadly spider. I wasn't able to find which spider, but some deadly spider um, that hide inside banana bunches. And so if you were to bring bananas on board, these spiders could be hiding, and their uh, their bite would cause the crewmen to die, which then labeled the bananas as a bad omen. Mm. My goodness. So this was a banana spider. A banana spider, yeah. I believe... uh, the uh, indigenous to the I don't know I don't, I don't know where I was going yeah, I don't think banana spiders are poisonous I don't either but is there such a thing as a banana spider oh, yeah oh, I thought you made that up no. no they're they're like I think they're here they're yeah. in the states yeah because they uh, my dad has them at his place sometimes like in the barn sure but they're I don't think they're deadly I don't I think they're the same bananas. banana spider is he growing spider. bananas no <laughs> <laughs> not to your knowledge. So, yo, the spider dance party on that meme. Excuse me? <laughs> it wasn't Aaron. I didn't send that to Aaron. Oh, no, I don't sure. know what you're talking about. So there's this dancing spider. <laughs> and then the next caption is talking about, there's two of them. And he's like, he brought his friend. <laughs> I sent it to Natalie because Natalie is not okay with spiders in her house or by her house. I'll just show it to you. I'm yes, sorry, I was the, dying. Re- the retelling is not hilarious. <laughs> You mostly confusing. <laughs> Kevin hates spiders to I the point that, like, you. when we were dating, you remember my parents' old house and it had those two trees. Like, you'd come down the front and had the trees. Well, spiders yeah. would often, yeah, uh, yeah create yeah. a web there, and Kevin would make me go ahead of him in oh, case yeah. there was a spider web. Sure, sacrificial <laughs> number. Okay, gingers, 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 gingers. <laughs> I thought we already established a few more. So gingers. redheads. Redheads were thought to be very bad luck if encountered before boarding a ship or setting sail. This is likely because red hair is a recessive gene, which makes it much less common than blondes or brunettes. Um, the color red has long been associated with a fiery nature, temptation, and the devil. The only way to counteract the curse was to speak to the redhead before the redhead had an opportunity to speak to you, which is why they played it yeah. out like that in Outlander, where everyone said good morning to Jamie before he could say anything to them. I've actually read in other places, too, that, like, some some people just consider red hair to be bad luck in general, mm-hmm. like, not just specific to Salem. Right. Which I was like, well, that's a little rude. Mm-hmm. Association with the devil. Sorry. They have no souls. The soulless gingers. Soulless gingers. Mm-hmm. Very sad. No women. Welcome misogyny. I thought that said misogyny. That's why I was looking at notes like I that. almost I wrote down, pause for Tammy to be offended, but I figured it would come more organically. I've actually heard this before, so. So she's only half offended. So here's why. It's an old offended. Right. It's not a new offense. It's yeah. just riling up the old frustration. So the fair, the fairer sex, the fairer gender were thought to be a distraction or a temptation to the sailors. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know those those poor men yeah. couldn't possibly focus on their work if there were women folk right. on board. So having them on board a ship was very bad. I underlined very three times. I guess very. I wanted to stress that. Um, the most bad. Their very presence on board was thought to anger the seas, and in turn the seas would take the revenge on the ship and the crew. Is it because of Calypso? I don't know. Maybe it didn't reference Greek mythology, but that would make sense. I feel like I've heard. Is Calypso Greek too? I feel like I've heard yes. that she's like... Um, 
possessive or something to that. She's jealous. Nature. Yeah, I don't. Very jealous. I don't know why that's coming. Davy to... Jones ruined her. All right. <laughs> According to Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, thank you. A well-known text. Yeah. <laughs> I believe actually it's uh, it's passed from fiction to reference novel at this point. Is that correct? Something like that. Right. <laughs> um, however, a naked woman on board was oh. welcome. Oh. Of course she was. Right. That's of course she was. Right. Yeah, that's not distracting. Um, <laughs> it was thought that their nakedness would calm the seas. <laughs> and this is why... I just want it noted that Amanda's the one left this is why the mastheads on the ships were most often bare-breasted women. Yeah, that's true. And there is a quote here. Okay, her bare breasts shamed the stormy seas into calm, and her open eyes guided the sailors to safety. This is also referenced in Outlander, because after they get over, after Claire kind of gets over being annoyed that she is not even acknowledged, she has dinner with the captain at some point, and there's another woman on board, um, her future daughter-in-law, to simplify it, mm-hmm. um, uh, whose name is Marsley. And the captain tells... Claire at dinner that she and Marsley should be bare-breasted because even though women are women on board is considered bad luck, it is believed that a woman's bare breast can calm the angry seas and that that would that redeem would them being on board if they would go more. around topless. And Claire's uh-huh. like, yeah, I don't think so. Not happening. Thanks. Not. not really the way it's going to go. Okay, so now we're going to move on to good luck. You may be surprised at this one. Okay. On board a ship, a black cat is considered good luck. After we did the whole episode on how black cats were bad luck. I actually think I've heard that before. I don't know why I've heard so many of these. Do you know anything about it? No, I don't, but I feel like I've heard, like maybe I was reading something about a black cat and then saw that except for in this case. Well, it's funny because I did the black cat episode and I didn't come across this at all. So obviously I didn't research it. I didn't follow the right train in the research. Well, I'm sure on a ship you get so lonely and then cats are cuddly. Oh my god. <laughs> I guarantee I like that that had nothing to do with it. I really thought you were going to say something profound there, but it's not <laughs> I thought she was going to go back to the thing she said during the cat episode, which is like, he looked so friendly and kind. <laughs> so, she pretty much did just say that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, she used just different words. On, on with your story. So black cats. Um, in many cultures, as we know, a black cat is considered lucky. Uh, unlucky. The British and Irish sailors adopted black cats as the ship's cat because it would bring good luck. This makes sense mm-hmm. because they eat rodents, which would damage ropes and eat provisions on board like grain. Despite my personal feelings, cats are intelligent animals and sailors spent a good bit of time and energy keeping keeping them happy. Now, DNA research also shows that ship cats helped contribute to the migration of cats worldwide. Interesting. Which makes sense. You put them on board, you go to a new land, the cat might find his way off, and so you can follow DNA patterns and see where they migrated. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. Um, So there's some kind of cat behaviors that they would pay attention to. If the ship's cat was, um, a ship's cat was thought to predict weather, I'm like, that wasn't a complete sentence. Okay. <laughs> if it licked its fur, that meant a hailstorm was coming. Ah, that would be a lot of hailstorms. That, that was my thought, right. too. I was like, do they not groom constantly? A sneeze meant rain was coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if the cat was frisky, it meant there would be wind. Frisky? <laughs> like in heat? Or like frisky? No, that... I think she means more feisty. Feisty. Okay. No, no, just oh. energetic, like frisky. Energetic. Oh, okay. Okay. We're moving on. We're getting close to being done-ish. Okay, patron saints of water travel. Okay. So there's a handful of different saints that seafarers have taken upon themselves. 
Um, according to Laura St. Nicholas, calmed a storm by prayer. So he's one that they often pray to. Brendan the Navigator is also considered a patron saint due to his mythical voyage to St. Brendan's Island. Okay. Don't have a clue who that is. St. Elmo. So St. Elmo is also a patron saint of sailors because it is said that he continued preaching even after a thunderbolt struck the ground beside him. Mm. And so for this reason, sailors who are in danger of sudden lightning and thunderstorms will pray to St. Elmo. Elmo. Interesting. St. Elmo. Okay, mermaids. My daughter's very favorite thing in the entire world, mermaids. Although it's not universally considered to be lucky. This is kind of one of those that straddles the fence where Mm -hmm. some of the stories are good luck and some Mm -hmm. of them are bad luck. Um, In general, mermaids are considered to be good fortune. In Trinidad and Tobago, sea-dwelling mermen were known to grant a wish, transform mediocrity into genius, and confer with wealth and power. I see. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sailors often would look... For mermaids' purses on beaches as signs that mermaids were in the area and would bring them good luck. Now, I didn't get any clarity on what a mermaid's purse might look like. I don't know if there's maybe a tag inside that says this belongs to the mermaid, mermaid. or yeah. maybe if it's made of shells. I think shells. Shells yeah. and jewels. All it said is that they would look for mermaids' purses. Probably not a coach bag. No. <laughs> I wouldn't Likely think not. so. I don't know. I don't know that those were around in the 1700s, but I also don't know that they weren't. So right. There you go. We'll move on. Um, In British folklore, mermaids were unlucky omens that foretold disasters. In some stories, the mermaid spoke to doomed ships, and in some versions, she tells them that they will never see land again, and in others, she falsely tells them that they're near shore. Seeing mermaids can be a sign of approaching bad weather, and some versions describe mermaids as being monstrous in size up to 2,000 feet. I think these mermaids got uh, wind of the sexist views of the sailors not wanting women on board. Yeah. Also... Maybe the red hair thing worked against them, too. Red-headed mermaids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Funny you should mention a red-headed mermaid. <laughs> because in the year 1837, Hans Christian Andersen wrote the fairy tale The Little Mermaid. Oh, look at that. In the year 1989, Disney reinvented the story to make it more palatable. <laughs> so both versions of the story tell of the youngest daughter of the Sea King who gives up her fins and her voice to pursue a prince that she's fallen in love with. In the original version... Um, we're not going to go over the Disney version because I assume that you have right. seen it and that our listeners have seen it. But in the original version, the prince does find her on the beach, but chooses to marry another. She's told that in order to return to her sisters in the ocean, she must stab the prince in the heart. Mm-hmm. Oh. The little mermaid loves him too much and cannot bring herself to do it. She then rises into the sky, surrounded by ethereal beings who tell her that mermaids who do good deeds become daughters of the air and after 300 years of service, they can earn a human soul. So that's how the original story actually ends. And there is a famous statue of the Little Mermaid that was erected in Copenhagen, Denmark in August of 1913, which is where um, Hans, Christ- Hans Christian Andersen is from. Interesting. So you've been to Denmark, haven't you? No. No. Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I can see all your world traveling. Get confused. <laughs> So So we're going to wrap this up with one final good luck piece. And I have written here, pop your collar, the original frat boys were sailors. You can tell I was getting tired of doing research at this point. Um, It's just one line. Touching the collar of a sailor was considered to be good luck. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So so there you go. The original frat boys of the sea. Like it. Yep. Did you have to? I did. I had to pop the collar. And I popped her collar while we were talking here. Interesting. I, yeah, I didn't know really any of that. Well, except for, well, just the bit you touched on at the beginning, but Little Mermaid time. That's really actually quite sad. Isn't it? Yeah, I did Most know. of the original folk tales were actually mm-hmm. so depressing. Yeah, that's true. I didn't remember the part about the, 
her rising light to the heavens or anything. No. But I did know that in the original story they didn't end up together. No, correct. They did not. Mm. I read the original one years ago, and I thought she, like, died of a broken heart and cried herself to sleep. But when I, I was researching, that, that didn't get referenced at all, so gotcha. I, don't, I don't really know. Maybe there's a third version of the story, or you just told me that some... Because that sounds more familiar, too, because I was like, oh, I don't remember that fucking <laughs> yeah. ethereal beings. No, but 300 years of servitude for a human soul seems like a lot. Maybe that's purgatory. Maybe. Maybe. Floating in the air. I don't think you're supposed to get a human soul after purgatory, though. I don't know. We'll have to ask the Pope. <laughs> You can tweet him. He's on Twitter. He's very active on Is Twitter. Is he? Uh-huh. You follow Francis. the Pope on Twitter? I do follow the Pope That's on Twitter. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sometimes I retweet him. Stop. I do. That's amazing. I need one of these If tweeters. either of you were on Twitter, you would know this. <laughs> I have one that I made like 10 years ago. I just don't know how to log into it. It's not the same, Amanda. I know. Life in marvelous times. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, cool. So thank you, Outlander, and my obsession with binge-watching good shows for the inspiration of this episode. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Also, if you're not watching Outlander, I highly suggest it. It's worth it. Outlander's not a sponsor of our show. No, <laughs> definitely not, because if they were, you would never see me again. I'd be on the road <laughs> promoting Outlander. Uh, Thanks for listening to Salt, Salt Over, Over Your, Your Shoulder, Shoulder, a Redwater production. We appreciate your support. Your download allowed our crazy idea to gain steam and make it into your podcast directories. We couldn't do this without you. If you'd like to continue your support, you can engage with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at SaltThePod, or follow us on Facebook at Salt Over Your Shoulder. You can also email us at saltoveryourshoulder at gmail.com. Special thanks to the one and only Andrew York for our awesome graphic. If you'd like to continue your support, please consider giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast directory. This helps other people find us as well. You can also become one of our patrons at patreon.com saltthepod. See you next time!